Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. Nathan Carter here to talk Ducks hockey and, uh, well, really more Kings hockey because it was uh, <laughs> not, not much of a Ducks game, but we'll get to that yeah. <laughs> in a few minutes here. Uh, thank you for tuning into this Monday edition of the Quack Report. Um, whether you're listening to this early Monday morning on your drive to work or uh, in the evening when the video uh, goes up on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all that stuff. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you're listening to this Tuesday morning, like always, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we made that joke. <laughs> How dare you have other podcasts to listen to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Quack Report should be your top priority. It's the only thing that it, makes a Monday better. Dude, honestly, it's not even my top priority. <laughs> <laughs> Great, nice. <laughs> it goes it goes thirty-two thoughts, Jeff Merrick show, and then the quack report. Do you actually listen to our episodes? I do every now and then. If there's something I like specifically I want to listen back to, because like it's not okay, it's not actually blacking out, but it's kind of blacking out in a way, like when we're doing this. Oh yeah. That it's like, okay, I don't actually remember talking about this a whole lot. Like I want to see what I actually had to say, kind of thing, or like what what you had to say again, or, yeah. or something like that. So sometimes it's I'm able to do that disassociation okay. a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. just to gotcha. kind of listen back to like something we talked about or that sort of thing. So Okay, gotcha. I thought you like regularly and like religiously listened to every like full episode. And I was like, No, that's, no, no. I that's I, a lot. <laughs> I, I do enough to give us a to give us a stream, but that's about it. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh okay. I listen to a bit and then I go, I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, oh. my I mean, while I'm recording, my favorite parts are, are, are my parts. But listening back to it, my favorite parts are your parts because I'm like, oh, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> that about sums it up, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, it must be my microphone. Like, it's, there's no way my voice sounds like this. And what's, yeah. this what's this moron rambling on about? <laughs> oh, man. Just, just start off your Monday with a good roast. Love it. Yeah. And it's, it's not even like, it's not even just your normal roast. It's like self-roasting. It's self-roasting. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, all, we all know I can be pretty good at that at least. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> self-roasting is the best kind of roasting because you can't get upset. 
No one, exactly. Nobody gets upset. Exactly. You're just making jokes at your own expense. Mm-hmm. So, and like, you're really the only way you're going to, out of my 25 years of life, which isn't really a long time in the grand scheme of things, there's one thing I've learned though is that if, if you can't laugh at yourself, you're just not going to have a good time in life in general. So, that was pretty good. <laughs> there's your Monday inspiration, inspirational quote. Post that on your Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Do people still use that site regularly? I, I don't, know. don't know. I, I keep seeing, or I, like not keep, but like every once in a while I see like a, a post on like Twitter or Reddit or something. That like that comes is, from Tumblr. It's like a screenshot yeah. of, of Tumblr. So, And I have no idea if it's like from yesterday or if it's from like 10 years ago. But in my mind, it's always from like 10 years ago. And it's someone yeah. like, oh man, this was like my favorite thread ever on Tumblr. And then it's... And, and like the way it. they talk, it sounds like ten years ago too. But I, I honestly don't know. If, yeah, it, it, it still could be from yesterday. I don't Was, know. Like, were you active on Tumblr at all? I never had a Tumblr account. No, no? I think I, I got set up with one. I think in it was like grade ten or grade eleven. I couldn't understand honestly how to use it or how it functioned or that sort of thing, and I just gave up on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, but, yeah, I didn't really understand it either. But I, yeah. I think it was it was kind of like Instagram before. Instagram was like super popular. Yeah, it, it was like it was like an art kind yeah, of more, yeah, more yeah, more of an art yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like and then it became everything else pretty and, much. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's if Reddit and Instagram had a baby with the comment section of Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's like not in a great way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That can be a little bit biased because I just didn't understand how to use it. So it, it could I'll be, be honest yeah, with that, but. Yeah, it, I think it was a, a specific audience that we yeah we were not made for, <laughs> or it was yeah. not made for us. But yeah, which which please take no offense if you do go on Tumblr. That's what I think. It's just yeah, it's just no. not something that worked for me. So, but apparently Twitter did. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're well, you you weren't old at the time, but now you're just like an old white dude. So yeah, exactly. All you're missing is the sunglasses, like twenty four seven. Uh. Oh, I thought I had a pair in here. I was yeah. about to put them on, but no, I do not have a pair <laughs> like, in here. And like maybe a knuckle tattoo that says like fist or something. It says fist? Okay, hold on a yeah. second. <laughs> it was just the first like tough guy four-letter word that came into my mind. All right, here here you go. If you're uh, if Let's you're watching it. it on YouTube, this is what this is where you this is what you come here for. <laughs> fist. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, oh, that, that would be like a great cheesy punchline in a movie or something like that if somebody had that tattooed on their knuckles and be like, hey, can you read? And then just like, yeah, just punch the dude in the face. I, I, I could see that in, in like a Deadpool movie. Yeah. Or like he's got like brass knuckles that have like fist in reverse so that like he punches <laughs> someone it, in the yeah, face, like it leaves an imprint. On their face. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, man, like I, I need another Deadpool movie. Oh, absolutely. That's that's still one of my uh that's still one of my favorite memories of like you and I hanging out, that sort of thing. Was uh that was that was what my nineteenth birthday, I think. Was uh you just you bought my tickets and and snacks for uh for us going to Deadpool yeah. on, on opening day. So oh, I fucking wasn't that on Valentine's that Day? Or was that the uh, second one that came out then? No, I think it, oh maybe okay, hold on. We gotta take a look at this now. Yeah, one of them definitely came out on I think it was the second one that came out on Valentine's Day because they the no, it was the, is like it was the first one. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think we went to the early showing because we did have we were no sorry the release date was February twelfth in Canada. 
Okay. So it was a couple of days before Valentine's Day, but it okay, was gotcha. it was marketed as like a romance movie or that because there there is the romance thing. That's really bit, the yeah. whole character motivation in that movie and that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah February twelfth uh, in Canada. Okay. So yeah, um, apparently Deadpool three. Oh no, never mind. These are just rumors. Never mind. Yeah, I'm dumb. I just looked it up to see. There was a release slate of Disney properties, though, that uh, was published. And a lot of it, they're like, I think it's like past 2025. Okay. was like unreleased or like, uh, yeah, like unreleased Marvel and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. some people were kind of piecing together certain pieces and were like, okay, this could maybe be this and this kind of thing. Like just movies that haven't been unveiled yet. Yeah. Um, And one of them definitely in there is Deadpool 3. So. But I'd be interested to see if he pops up in uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Even just for a cameo. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That, would, that would be the best part of the movie. Dude, honestly. there are so many rumors swirling around that movie. Like, okay, we thought Endgame was a lot for, like, okay, like, what character is going to appear or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you had uh, Spider-Man No Way Home with, like, okay, who's going to appear now? And now you have uh, Multiverse of Madness coming out where, like, literally anything is possible. Everything, anything and everything is on the table. Yeah, like, like even I, I've seen the rumor quite a few times of, um, and I, I don't know if this is actually real or anything like that, and I'm sure yeah, yeah. you're saving it for it. This is just a, just a rumor, so it's not spoiling anything for you. I know you don't watch mm-hmm. the trailers or anything like that. Um, but it was like, uh, originally, they were, I think they were looking at Tom Cruise as Tony Stark before Robert Downey Jr. or something along those lines. Oh, and yeah. it sounds like Tom Cruise might be playing an alternate reality Tony Stark. That's okay. a, that was a rumor yeah. going around. I, I I thought I read something about that. Yeah. yeah. So or, or like then, how he was supposed to be like Tony Stark. Um, yeah. Before Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. people think they figured out that Patrick Stewart's uh, like Professor X is in this movie and everything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, without without well. giving away anything from the or without trying to give away anything from the trailer that yeah, sort of the, thing. Like mm-hmm. yeah, the things I've seen from uh, from Multiverse of Madness are like. We have no idea, but like this is a strong possibility of what could happen. Yeah, but it, it's like it's just all basic. Like it's really just guesses at that point. Like, oh, this yeah. would be cool if this happened. I'm just gonna guess this is gonna happen with like there's there's so many like, possi- less yeah. than an ounce of evidence. So. There's so many possibilities in this movie that like some things just feel thrown out there. Um, like there there was one more that I saw that was like Tobey Maguire's Spider Man will return but will be killed by Wanda Maximoff. Hmm. So, which in a way kind of makes sense. It doesn't, but it kind of makes sense as well, considering that Multiverse of Madness is directed by Sam Raimi, who directed the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. So who knows? But um, I feel like that'd be kind of odd at the same time. I don't know. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many different rumors going around. Like, like you could just kind of make up anything and it'll it'll work. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's going to be a whole episode in itself, probably when that yeah. comes out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited for it. It's yeah, I am good, too. But, um, yeah. Also, even... yeah. Or sorry, one more thing I just wanted yep. to talk about the the Batman comes out next week. Yeah, which is weird. It kind of just snuck up, even though it's mm-hmm. like been delayed so long. Yeah, like I remember first hearing about it. I feel like in 2019. Something like, like that, yeah. Like that, which was 
three years ago, which is crazy. And then I, yeah. I just like kept hearing like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Here's like more teaser trailers and stuff. And all of a sudden, it's like the Batman comes out next month. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> dropping this on me now. So I'm excited for that movie though, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Robert Pattinson will do a great job actually as not only Bruce Wayne but Batman. Like if, if you think mm-hmm. about it, it is two separate characters. Yeah. Um, that you know, whoever dons the cape and cowl have to have to perform. So and I feel like Robert Pattinson will do a good job for both. So I think so. Yeah. I'm interested to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've postponed talking about this game long enough. Shall we uh shall we bite the bullet and get into it here? Yeah, we had an accidental uh unplugged segment before uh our, our normal hockey segment. So yeah, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> okay. So, 4-1 loss to the uh, LA Kings on Friday night. (laughs) Like, yeah, you have some good points here to start us off, I think. uh, (laughs) Let's hear your thoughts first. I was going to say, which ones in particular here? Do you want to highlight them for me before I I say them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, These (laughs) ones right right here. Yeah, okay. That's where I thought you were going, but uh, I wasn't 100% sure. In the notes I have, uh, bullet point one is just rough. Uh, Bullet point two says rough. And uh, bullet point three says sandpaper dildo rough. Uh, That's just how I kind of sum up this game. The whole thing overall Mm -hmm. was just rough. Offense was rough. Couldn't really get it done. Defense was rough. Nothing really going goaltending for the first half was rough. And again, I hate to be like banging on a like specific player and stuff like that, but where it like, I am putting out a, like a, like, what do you want to call it? A search warrant or a missing persons file or mm-hmm. whatever and, for yeah. John Gibson. This is not the guy we have been seeing since he joined the Anaheim ducks. No. Like, it, what the hell has happened? Since All Star break, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a it's and like and that, I, it's okay. I'll, I'll preface, I don't even know what yeah, to say. I'll preface this by saying that, like, obviously, not all the goals that were scored against him uh, from the Kings were his fault. No, by any not. means. No, but it's just the numbers, and it, it's the numbers and the eye test showing the same thing that something mm-hmm. is off here. Yeah, so. Um, I I forget for which game it was, but there was a thing from John or not John Cooper, uh, Dallas Eakins. I just want John Cooper as the coach, okay? Uh, <laughs> of Dallas Eakins saying like, yeah, like just kind of just throw him back in there, and he'll he'll figure it out and that sort of thing. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? That unfortunately costs us the chance of playoffs because right now we are on a like the last thread of this line, pretty much. Yeah. Before I- the before the before the string snaps here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for throw him back in; he'll figure it out. I think that works with a lot of goalies, um, and and it's worked with John Gibson before as well. Like, I don't think that's a bad strategy. But continuing to just throw him in and hope he'll figure it out eventually is not. It's obviously not working. Like, John Gibson is not our best goaltender right now. He is not figuring with, it out by just yeah. being thrown back in. So that you, you just got to change your strategy. You got to put Stellar's in for a bit and you've got to give something else to John Gibson 
if, if you're head coach Dallas Eakins. And I don't know who our goalie coach is either, but it's on those two to figure out what the fuck is up with John Gibson. Um, and like you said, he, it's not all his fault, but I, I think this team plays a different way when John Gibson is on. Like, mm-hmm. if John Gibson makes a big save early on, this team is like, okay, Gibson's in it to win it. We're playing for John Gibson. Like, John Gibson's basically the... Well, he's not, because Getzlaff is obviously the captain. But John Gibson is an alternate captain, and once Getzlaff leaves, G- Gibson is probably the captain of this team. He's a massive presence in the locker room. Yeah. Least. like he's, that way. E- Even though he will never wear the C, because he can't, because the rules are stupid, the, <laughs> the whole team essentially revolves around Gibson. Like you said, he's a huge presence in the locker room. So if he gets into the game early and shows that he's playing to win tonight, the team plays a different way. If he lets in an early goal that like maybe he usually has and, and gets a little fired up, the the morale of the team just fucking tanks. It's like, yeah. okay, Gibson's not on. There's no way we're winning this game. Like, let's pack it in. Like that that's not probably not what they say, but that's how it feels. So it's John Gibson is so important and, and that's why we're we're kind of picking on him. Or at least that's why I think we're picking on him. But so John Gibson, I'm gonna run through his last five games here. Mm. Uh, And these five games have been since the All-Star break. Starting February 11th versus Seattle, which, okay, you know what? Give him maybe a little bit of a mulligan. It's about a week since he had played at that point. A week since the All-Star break. Uh, They lose 4-3 to Seattle. Uh, John Gibson puts up an 8.52 save percentage in 59 minutes and 7 seconds. Next game, February 16th against the Calgary Flames. Pulled halfway through the game with an 800 save percentage. 20 saves, or sorry, 16 saves on 20 shots. The next night, February 17th, we kind of maybe expected Stellars to go back in. Um, Plays the full 60 minutes as the Edmonton Oilers beat the uh, Anaheim Ducks 7-3. John Gibson has an 829, 34 saves on 41 shots. Then you go to February 19th, two days later, against the Vancouver Canucks, which was a 7-4 win. However, John Gibson only an 800 save percentage, 16 saves on 20 shots. And then you took a, take a look at last night. John Gibson plays 34 minutes before getting pulled. 16 saves on 20 shots, 800 save percentage. Yeah, but he's, so- he's a low 800 in his last five games. Mm-hmm has one win in his last five games and in two of these games has been pulled around the halfway mark of the game where at that point it's it's been it's gone too far again i i hate to i hate to just bash on one player but you're it's it's become obvious why the last while hasn't worked out unfortunately yeah, no, it, it's like you said, it's not it's not like we're trying to bash on just one player, but he's a huge part of why things haven't gone well. You can't win without decent goaltending at least. Yeah. So, and like not not to um, you know, make jokes at your expense as well or that sort of thing. Take no, a look. I know, yeah. Take a look in the division though as well at the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. right? This is a team that is also fighting for a playoff spot, but has just been Horrible, unfortunately, in their goalie area. Yeah. Right? 
And it's just, it's not working for them. Mm -hmm. But then take a team like Chicago, who really doesn't have a whole lot there. But they bring in a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, and they start to get some wins. Yes, they're looking Mm -hmm. outside in right now as well. But it's a hell of a lot better than it was last season even. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and it's a hell of a lot better than if they hadn't brought in Fleury. Like, they'd probably be worse than the Arizona Coyotes, honestly. Exactly. Um, Take a look at, uh, you know, the team that we just played in the LA Kings. They weren't doing great last year or the season before that either, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like, uh, you know, the old guard was kind of walking its way out of the door, but they kind of pick it up. But goaltending was still kind of the issue there, right? Mm-hmm. You had John, uh, Jonathan Quick having a great season here, and they're sitting second in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Goaltending makes a massive difference, and I think a bigger difference than people like to admit. I'm going to throw out one more example for you here. And this is the case of a team kind of getting lucky in a sense. Last night's Toronto and Detroit game was a 10-7 win for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I had to do a double take when I saw that score. Mm -hmm. But it just wasn't going for Jack Campbell, which I also still was surprised though that they swapped him while they were still leading uh, to put in Peter Mrazek. But just the goaltending wasn't there that night and it almost cost them almost. Mm. Yeah. And you, you like, it's a bit easier to kind of brush it off. If you're Detroit, it's, Hey, we scored seven goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're going, we had the Detroit Red Wings who are currently, uh, Oh God, 13 points out of a playoff spot <laughs> scoring seven on us. Yeah. Right. Goaltending matters more than I think people actually give it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, and we're seeing yeah. this firsthand here in Anaheim. You take a look at Anthony Stellars going in after. I'm just pulling up uh, his stuff here. Um, I want to see Stellars' last five. Yeah, it's been way better. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's in a reduced role as well, that sort of thing. But like... When, yeah, like, but he's coming in relief horrible. in a couple times. He's got a couple starts. Like it, it's honestly pretty comparable to John Gibson. At yeah. This point. So okay, so uh, Anthony Stars' last five. Obviously, they've been a lot more spaced out. Minnesota was not a great game, but if I recall correctly, that wasn't really a great game for anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. January fourteenth. I'm just double checking that here. Uh, yeah, seven three loss to Minnesota. <laughs> um, <laughs> where he put up a 793 save percentage in 42 minutes. Okay. That yeah, that's not great either. Play against Montreal on the 27th. Gets the win out of it with a 900 save percentage in the full 60 minutes played. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Comes in relief against Calgary on February 16th, puts up a 955 save percentage uh with only one goal against in 31 minutes. He had 22 shots in those 31 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 22nd against San Jose Sharks puts up a win has 40 saves on 43 shots for a 930 with 65 minutes played with the overtime mm-hmm. and then coming in relief against the LA Kings 12 shots against 12 saves for the shutout but not a shutout statistically yeah. uh, in 23 minutes you can't tell me that Stellars isn't the better goalie currently. Yeah, 
No, it's it's not even up for debate. You're right. It's he, he's playing way better. Well, no, like, it's I, not even that. He's playing more consistently. Like, okay, I I, I get the thing that uh, Dallas Eakins is saying of like, oh, just like throw him back in there, he'll get it. Mm-hmm. But he's not getting it right now. Give yourself the best chance you can, unless unless Dallas Eakins and the coaching staff in the front office just believes that they're done already. Sure, by all means, keep going and keep running John Gibson's confidence into the ground. <laughs> I'm saying that sarcastically. Yeah. But like, if you think you still maybe have a chance here, go with the guy who's putting up numbers, who's helping your team here, who looks solid, who doesn't seem nervous when he's on the ice. Mm-hmm. Again, I hate to bash on John Gibson because I fucking love the guy to death, but it's not working right now and it's costing this team, unfortunately. Yeah. No, you're. Yeah, you're right, 100%. But, um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. It's it's just what it is, um, and it's unfortunate. Like I like we always say, like we know he'll figure it out, but it's just when. And mm-hmm. with the Ducks being in the position that they are this late in the season, it's it's got to be sooner rather than later. And yeah. right now, the quick fix is give Stellaris some starts while John Gibson, you know, works on whatever it is he needs to yeah um whether it's recover from a a small playable injury or it's um the mental aspect of the game or whatever it it might be is like whoever a goaltending coach is i I don't know that offhand but um him and john gibson need to just figure it out like one-on-one just that's it because i i think dallas eakins is throw him in and let him figure it out plan just isn't working this time uh sadarshan mahara is the goaltending coach okay how does it say how long he's been around for um sixth year okay so yeah they've got a good relationship over the six years there's pro- there's been no issues for this no. extended period of time with john gibson so obviously whatever he's doing works it's it's not we need to fire the goaltending coach that's not yeah. the case. It's these two need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And he's shown that he can do it obviously with the Ducks. Um cuz under under him, the Ducks established a franchise record of a 9.23 save percentage, co-led all NHL teams in 2017-18. Yeah. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and in addition, it says here, both Ryan Miller, who had a 928 and John Gibson with a 926, surpassed the individual season franchise record for save percentage, which was currently a 924 held by both Jonas Hiller from 2010-11 and John Gibson from 1617. Mm-hmm. Dude, that 17-18 year was nasty, though. It was. Like like the Ducks team was actually so good. It was. So yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit of everything. But yeah, uh, absolutely our goaltenders were on fire. So and like okay, this isn't entirely and I and I tried to I tried to stress this. This isn't entirely on John Gibson. Don't get me wrong. The team in front of him has sucked ass lately too. It's oh, not yeah. fun to watch. I'm getting flashbacks. I got I got PTSD mm. from the last couple of seasons here. The the defense is abysmal. And the, it's not the, good. The, like not even just the the six people we have listed on our roster as defensemen. It's like as a whole, our play defensively is terrible. Like 
the the five guys in the defensive zone just cannot make a play. They're not winning puck battles. They're it, it's it's awful to watch. Like anytime we have the puck in a defensive zone, I like clench a little bit because I'm like, oh my god, the opposing team, whoever we're playing, is going to score. And then generally, by some miracle, we get it out, even though it's usually not pretty. But like, I think it was super evident in that first period of this game. Um, mm-hmm. Like we were horribly outplayed. We couldn't get the puck out. We couldn't like even like generate anything off the rush. Like it was just. It was pretty much all LA Kings in our zone. Yeah. And yeah, it, like there was just an, there was absolutely no defensive system, or at least that's what it looked like. So I, Sorry, I don't know I, if you were going to say something there, but that's no, it. no, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I normally love these orange duck jerseys, right? I look forward to the Friday games because I love seeing these on the ice. Yeah, it's exactly. a great look. But man, it made us look even more like pylons than they were playing already. And that's offensive to pylons. Because pylons at least get in the way of something. Yeah. Like, to a point, John Gibson, it felt like at times, was playing five on out. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Which, is, which is why I said, not every goal against uh, in that game was his fault. No. But also, when you have another game where your goal save above expected is in the negative two range, doesn't yeah. help either. It's not good. No. So... Uh, yeah, just overall, we were badly played. Money Puck predicted LA winning this game 66% of the time. That's not good. You don't want that. No. So, I have yeah. one more note here just about like the goalie interference calls because there was two made on the Anaheim Ducks. Um, the first one, especially, was horrible. Mm-hmm. Guy gets pushed into Jonathan Quick and gets a call. That's bullshit. Um, I... I Again, I'm 25 years old. I've been watching hockey for as long as I can remember. I still don't know, and I don't think the NHL knows, what the definition of goaltender interference is. Yeah, it's it's not clear at all. There's nothing else to say to it. Like, yeah. If anybody would like to enlighten me, please let me know. Because, like, I know what the definition is, but the actual application of it is fucking everywhere. It feels like. Yeah. Like, I, I love listening to commentators um, on, on broadcast try and predict whether it's going to be a goalie interference call. It's usually always split 50-50. Like, yeah. one of, like say, the, the lead commentator's like, oh, you know, I don't I don't think this is going to be a good goal. Like, he clearly makes contact. And then the other guy's like, yeah, but, like, we've seen this where, like, we thought it was going to be goalie interference. And, and it's just like, yeah. th- nobody has any fucking clue. Like, no. commentators are, like... Generally, they're people that have been around the game and played or played yeah. the game for a long time. They know mm-hmm. what they're talking about. They know they have the knowledge of the game. Yeah, like and the, we, the we inner just, workings just, of it. Like yeah. you and I do it in a different fashion, but we're commentators about the game too, right? Yeah, we, you and I didn't play at any high levels by any means, but we understand, mm-hmm. you know, the nuances of the game, the rules yeah. of the game, how like the mm-hmm. flow of the game, everything like that. Yeah, yeah, we've watched it enough to like, you know, not like be able to ref, but like understand generally what the refs are going to do like mm-hmm. is how is say this hooking call different from this hooking call and one's a call one's like not a call like yeah like generally we can predict like okay that's the penalty you can get away with this is the penalty you, you can't get away with mm-hmm. but goalie interference that's not the case it's open season <laughs> yeah it's like when they go 
even when, like when they go to the bench for a goal, like I know these weren't like goalie interference calls for goals. They were for penalties. But if they're trying to decide if a goal gets called back or not, and they go over to the penalty box on the iPad, I swear to God, they just, they're not even watching the play. They just open like a coin flip app and they just hit that. <laughs> and they do like best out of seven. And then, then they're, they're like placing bets with the other ref and, and linesmen to like, yeah, to like, you know, decide what the outcome is. And that's why it generally takes long. But they do best out of seven coin flips and that's how they decide. Like, I, I swear that's how it is because there's no way that, that a group of people that learn the same rule set can come to drastically different conclusions on basically identical plays. Yeah. That and kicking. The kicking has been the big one this year. Yeah. Yeah, that it's one It's just too. been completely inconsistent. So. Yeah. Which... Luckily, we haven't really had that yeah. no. with us yes, yet. Knock on wood. Because yeah. it's, it's bound to happen. We still have uh, th- like 30-some games to go here. But... Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are your thoughts on that? Because, like, just on the rule as a whole, I mean, like, kicking on, the, the puck on, into on the kicking? net. Yeah. Not, not obviously, we're, just to make sure that we're clear and our listeners are clear, we're not talking about, you know, kicking somebody in the shins. We're talking about kicking the puck into the net, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Like, if you're in a net front battle, and or two Excuse players me. are in a net front battle, one of them the puck comes, you know, kind of like a pass. He can't get his stick on it. So he, let's say it, it is a distinct kicking motion. Like it looks like soccer. It's not just angling the yeah. skate. It's, there's a little bit of a swing to it, which I think is kind of the um, yeah defining characteristic there. What are your thoughts on, on that? Like, do you think that, oh, you can't kick the puck into the net is a good rule or do you think like if you're able to kick the puck into the net when you're in a battle with somebody like that should count as a goal no i don't think it should i i yeah no if 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 kicking was to be a thing what's the point of the stick just play ice soccer is is my opinion on it so fair enough yeah yeah and even like i'm not honestly i'm not even a fan of like intentional redirections you have the stick for a reason that is about the length of your foot, the height of your foot, mm-hmm. but it works even better because you have even more control with it mm-hmm. potentially. So yeah, I don't think even like intentional redirections should count. Mm-hmm. If you have, who was it uh, for Minnesota? I think that it was like two deflections hit off him and went into the net. I forget who that was. But, like, if you have something like that where it's, like, unintentional happens to hit off the skate, yeah, obviously, that's, sure, that's a goal. Because mm-hmm. there's no intention with it whatsoever. Yeah. It's happened to hit off you. So, but, yeah, I'm not a fan of even, like, flaring out the the skate to put it towards the net. Okay. I, uh, I'm not a fan of that personally. But Okay. This is maybe my Jeff Merrick moment. Then where I'm, I just like <laughs> you're gonna come and, up with something wild. new for me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even like something new. It's just like my. It's just a totally different opinion. I think from right. the the general hockey consensus. Yeah, sure. I think <laughs> this is going to sound kind of stupid, but hear me out. I think scoring a goal, like a deflection goal with your stick, is relatively easy. Not for me or you or you know other <laughs> amateur people, but if you're a pro NHL hockey player, you've been doing that for years. We're gonna get mm-hmm. to Corey Perry a little bit later on in the episode. That's that's his fucking bread and butter, man. Yeah. Like, he, he has no issues scoring those goals. 
and it so I think as you said, it's it's easy for you to control your stick and where the puck is gonna go off of your stick. It's a lot harder to be, you know, battling with somebody in front of the net and then lift up a foot and or and kick a puck while you're trying to battle with somebody. And like, yes, you're not always trying to battle maybe when you kick the puck into the net, but you're generally you're always expecting the puck to go off your stick. That's mm. generally where passes go. Again, for NHL professionals, not necessarily me and you. <laughs> but yeah. So I think if you're able to react in the time it takes from a pass to come from, say, one face-off dot to the other, say you're winding up for a one-timer, and it's like, okay, this isn't going to hit my stick, but it's, it's more so in my feet. I'm going to try and kick this towards the net. And it happens to go in. I think that's a way more impressive play than just winding up for a one-timer or, like, trying to tip the puck in front of the net with your, your skate. Like, standing on one foot on ice is hard. And then also scoring a goal while standing on one foot on ice is even mm-hmm. more impressive. And battling with somebody in front of the net for position while standing on one foot on ice is just so impressive. Like, that, I don't know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I think we've reached the point where players are just so skilled with their stick now that... Like, I don't know. What am I trying to say here? That there needs like, to be like another element. Kind yeah. Of like, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Like, I, I guess, but what I'm trying to, my point that I'm trying to make is like, players are, aren't going to just turn this into ice soccer because you can't skate and kick the puck with any, you know, success. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be way too slow. People are going to catch you and knock you down. Like, that, that's not going to happen. They're, they're always going to carry the puck on their stick. But I don't know. I, I'm just imagining, say, like Trevor Zegris on a breakaway and holding the puck out in front of him while there's, say, Drew Doughty, like, riding his ass behind him. And he just kind of drop passes the puck to his skate. Like, uh, I forget who does the play, but, like, you know, you kind of drop pass it to yourself, kick it up, and then roof it with your stick. Is, is that a Forsberg play? Uh... Like Peter Forsberg did that. Or someone in that era, anyways. Yeah, I forget who it was. Forsberg was more the, uh, like, bite it and then one hand around the goalie. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. that was his, but... Um, yeah, yeah, doesn't I, matter. I, anyways, yeah, but, sure. but there's that that specific play. So, I don't know. But if Zegers, like, draw past it to himself and then kicked the puck in the net or, like, was holding the puck on one side and then kind of one-handed past it and then stretched out and, like, deflected the puck five-hole with his foot... Like that's fucking impressive to be able to do something. Oh yeah, I don't I'm even not, know if it's possible. It's so, but like that would be called back. Like, it, would that like if it's that impressive of a play, it should be a goal in my opinion. Okay, and I'll, I know I'm probably in the minority on that. Yeah, and okay. it's like I'm just making up a play for Zegers, but he would be the, one of the players to do it. Something like yeah. that, I think. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll compare the feet thing with another appendage, your hands. Mm-hmm. If a shot accidentally, without intent, goes off your glove and goes in the net, it's called a goal, right? Yeah. But if you have any intention whatsoever, even a re like a say like a redirect, say like you're using the back of your hand like a blocker, mm-hmm. deflect it in, that goal gets called back, right? Yeah. So then, why shouldn't it be the same with your feet? It's not your stick. The object is to use your stick to put the puck in the net, mm-hmm. right? I think there was I, f- I forget who it was. It was a Montreal player, I believe. Um, they like headbutted the puck in, and I think they called it back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but is that not impressive? Like, shouldn't that it's be imp- a goal? It's impressive, but the whole aspect of hockey is supposed to be that it's using the stick. I don't want yeah, to sound like yeah, a grumpy old man here, but that's the <laughs> that's the that's the entire no, the entire thing about hockey that makes it different, right? Like, even like going to t- take it off of ice, even which is like the the main thing that separates hockey from every other sport, right? Mm-hmm. Take a look at even just ball hockey, right? Mm-hmm. It's it the whole thing is you're using the stick, right? You're not using yeah. your feet or that sort of thing normally to put the ball in the net mm-hmm. or your hands or your head, right? It's it's skills with your hands holding a fucked up stick in your hand to <laughs> put guess, an object yeah. in a in a net. Mm-hmm. Like that's the skill in itself, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you can like you can see like that's I feel like that's why like trick goal stuff like like what Zegris is doing or uh Pavel Barber. Um like they're they're great with their hands, right? It's maximizing what you can do with what you're given, right? And mm-hmm. make some wild things. But as soon as you take it away from that thing that makes it hockey, right? Mm-hmm. Then and so that's that's kind of the difference, I think, from like Tortorella and myself, right? Like, it's still keeping that tra- like kind of that tradition, the the old school ways that he that he's thinking about in a way, right? Of like, yeah. it's it's the stick, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. main thing here. There, there's no other sport that uses something like it, right? In the same fashion, yeah. Um, you know, like you have uh, what is it, bocce? That yeah, it uses a stick, but it's like a it's like a hammer, like a mallet more than anything. Mm-hmm. Right, like the closest is obviously field hockey, but even then, like, man, those things are even more fucked up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, it's it's just what makes hockey unique, and it, so you still keep the traditional sense of it, but you can have guys who are say like able to flip it up onto their stick and hold it for a second. Like, I think even back to uh, I think it was the Winter Classic of Pittsburgh and Buffalo, if I'm remembering correctly, and like the puck got up, and you have Sidney Crosby like bouncing it on his stick to get between two defenders to go in for a shot. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's on his stick. That's that's different if he's like bouncing it off the back of his hand or like a soccer player bouncing it off of his knee, which is still impressive in its own right. I think juggling a soccer ball, I can only get to like ten or twelve still, but mm-hmm. it's it's just it's different because it's that kind of hand court like hand eye coordination with an object as small as a puck and um, a stick that's not really designed to do that necessarily. Yeah. Which makes it more impressive. If you start adding like the, the different ways that you can score, like oh yeah, you can use your feet, like then it it kind of takes away from the point of the stick in a way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I I kind of see the point now. I'm not trying so to sound I like an old it. man. And no, I, hope I know. I'm yeah, not, I'm, but no, yeah, I don't. No, you're not. I I uh, so I concede this one. Where I think the impressive part about scoring a goal with your feet or your hand or your head is the fact that you can't use those yeah. normally to score a goal. So I think if they put in the rules like if the puck goes off your stick, goal. If you kick it in, goal. If you bat it in with your hand, goal. If you headbutt it in, goal. Then it becomes less impressive because then everyone tries to do it. Yeah. So it's a kind of a paradox in a way, I guess, where it's like if it's not a rule, then it's cool, and if it's a rule, then it's not cool. So yeah, I, yeah, um, I. You've convinced me that that was a dumb idea. Sorry, I was just pulling up that headbutt goal. Okay, there was one. Um, Andrew Shaw of the Blackhawks. Oh, it was against the Ducks. There you go, in 2015. Okay. That was one of them. Uh, that was in uh, second overtime. 
uh, game five of the Western Conference final. That goal got called back. Mm. Um, You're right, though. I thought there was one. I thought it was a Canadians player. Yeah, I think I think there is another one of that. But I'm just I'm sorry. I'm there is a there's a thing here from uh, Hockey Ops, like their ruling. Uh, at 8.47, a double overtime in the Chicago Blackhawks-Anaheim Ducks game. Again, this is 2015. Uh, video review supported the referee's call on ice that Andrew Shaw deliberately headbutted the puck into the Anaheim net. According to Rule 78.5, section, uh, section 1, apparent goals shall be disallowed when the puck has been directed, batted, or thrown into the net by an attacking player other than with the stick. No goal to Chicago. Hmm. So there's the rule there. Which makes it even more kind of what the fuck with, okay, yeah, you're allowed to direct your skate or like direct the puck with your skate to go into the net, right? Yeah. Where that should yeah, fall I, under rule 75 or 78.5. Yeah. Right there. Maybe there's there's got to be disallowed a, when the puck has been yeah. directed, batted, or thrown into the net by an attacking player other than with the stick. There's got to be an exception. Like, after that you said that was like subsection one like subsection two has to be like the exception to this is if it's redirected with your mm. foot or, or something like that and in not a kicking motion like there's got to be some sort of exception yeah to that and i don't know the rule book well enough to to know that but um maybe that can be our homework for the uh the next couple of days try and find why directing with yeah. your foot is <laughs> is allowed but your head isn't so it's um, because there's no consistency with the NHL. Let's just put it that way. Let's, let's just put it there. Problem, it there. problem yep. solved. Problem That's solved. the right answer right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's one we can oh. all agree on, that the NHL just yeah. sucks at their own rules. Yeah. Like, you like you made this. How do you know this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. Well, I think uh, now's a good time to take a quick break. We got just a couple more things on the other side. Sorry, I was not talking into my microphone there. I apologize. I can still hear you loud and clear. Okay, that's good. I got a, I got a loud voice. So. Yeah, you do sometimes. But, In the best way possible. I'm not, I'm not thanks. slighting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No, we're, we're good. Um, but yeah, I think let's take a quick break here. Uh, like I said, a couple pieces of news and upcoming games on the other side. And uh, yeah, uh, so we'll, let's, uh, let's hear from DraftKings here. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available to play in your state yet, don't worry about it. You can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 
in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Okay, um, as we talked about earlier, Corey Perry um, got some news regarding him. Unfortunately, he's not coming back to Anaheim. That's, that's not Fuck. the case. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Sorry to let you down. <laughs> uh, no, he, uh, he scored his 400th career NHL goal uh, just the other night, Wednesday night, I guess. Um, as, uh, as, so we, we didn't touch on it. In our uh, our Wednesday we episode, we missed it. So a few days late on the news here, but, um, but yeah, scored his 400th goal against Edmonton on Wednesday night. Um, as we talked about, it was like his his he was in front of the net, tipped it in, and he's been doing that his whole career. So um, obviously, a huge milestone for Corey Perry there. Great to see him still putting up numbers and contributing yep. in a big way. Um, 103rd player in NHL history to score 400 goals. Um, so. Very impressive. 103, like, just it feels like a lot, but if you think of the amount of players that have come and gone through the it's, NHL, it's not that it's much. impressive. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, it's like, it's a, yeah. it's a very small amount that have scored 500, too. Like, yeah. I know Crosby just hit 500, and I don't remember what number he was, but it was like substantially smaller. Like, the, yeah. there's a good chunk of people that are in between the four and 500 range, but there's not many above 500. So, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know if Corey Perry gets to 500, but. He's going to be top 100 anyways for a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I found it interesting as well that former Duck and Euler, uh, Patrick Maroon, assisted on the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that, that's kind of the moment I put together like, oh, man, these like two former Duck yeah. <laughs> players are like they went their separate ways and have now like come back in yeah. uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I uh, I tuned in for the Stadium Series game as well, uh, Tampa oh, yeah. versus um, Nashville there, and Patrick Maroon got into a fight, and I noticed he still has that uh, like the light like the baby blue undershirt. Oh yeah, I, I want to know if he has multiples of those or if that's the same one for like the last however many years. Like, I don't know, because <laughs> like some of those things, yeah, you can keep around for a long time, but like that thing still looks in pretty good condition somehow. <laughs> It's yeah, kind of either, to be honest. either he watches it, not watches, washes it every day, yeah. or like after every game, or he has like he he bought it and was like, oh, this is a nice shirt, and then ordered like four hundred. And honestly, I do that as well. There was um, uh, these Adidas shirts specifically that uh, I I bought one just to like, it was like kind of what I was looking for for uh, to wear under like my Goldie gear and that sort of thing. And I loved them so much that I had gotten a second one for Christmas. Started wearing it at the gym and that sort of thing as well. And I was like, okay, no, I, I love these things too much. And like I get particular about certain things. So I, I went and bought two more. So I have four of these shirts now. That should hopefully last me a long time. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I get that. So Yeah, no, it's, I, it could be the same one. But I, I with the amount of money he's made, I highly yeah. doubt it is. <laughs> But also, where do you find that shirt? <laughs> yeah, that good question. You should ask him. Damn yeah. him on Twitter. There you go. Um, another little bit of trivia to go with this as well. Corey Perry's uh, any yeah his four hundredth goal came against Edmonton, as we mm-hmm. said. Uh, his first NHL goal though also came against the Edmonton Oilers on October fifth, two thousand five. He is the fifth player to ever score his first and four hundredth goal 
against the same team. Carter, we're going to play a little bit of trivia here. Oh, I v- highly doubt you're going to get this. I yeah, there's no way. wouldn't have gotten this myself. I want you to name the four other players that scored their first and their 400th goal against the same team. You don't have to guess the team. I can tell you that after. Okay, good. But I, want you to take, but I want you to take a guess as to who scored their first and their 400th against the same team. Okay. Well, the nice thing is that it's narrowed down to only 102 other players that have ever <laughs> played the game. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I don't know who those 102 players are. I mean, I, I've, I know some of them, obviously, but um, I, I mean, I think it makes sense to, to throw out some of the highest scoring players, but because you said uh, there's no way I would have got this. I don't know. Uh, I might get a couple. You know what? First guess, first one that comes to mind, Mario Lemieux. Incorrect. Okay. Okay, that feels a little harsh for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do that for yourself. <laughs> no, it gets me in the mood. It's all good. Fair enough. Um, uh, there's going to be a lot name, of wrong just answers, start, though. Just start so. naming off, guys. Okay, Alex Ovechkin. No. Wayne Gretzky. No. Dude's kidding me. Dude scored like what fucking 800 goals and couldn't score his first and 400th against the same team. Um, can I have a hint on one of them? Um, Phil Esposito. No, no, okay. I feel like Esposito's always slept on a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, here, let me, I'll give you a hint for one guy. Um, Long-time L.A. King now plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Long-time L.A. King now plays for the Penguins. Yeah. Jeff Carter? That is correct. That is one of them. Okay. His four, his first and 400th goal was scored against the Florida Panthers. Nice. Yeah, there's no way I would have got that. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have guessed Jeff Carter either if you hadn't said <laughs> L.A. to Pittsburgh. And that's, yeah. that's the only one I can think of. Okay, we're now outside of like our generation or like the generation before i think so okay <laughs> just just take a couple of guesses and i can just read them off of two generations ago of hockey players sure yeah bobby Orr. no oh the way you hesitated was like oh shit he got it, it. is a bobby though oh uh bobby ryan <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Did, has bobby ryan scored 400 goals he has to have uh I don't think so. Sure. Didn't he hit like a thousand points or am I crazy? Bobby oh, Ryan. No. He hit 569. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. 261. Never yeah. mind. He's a long huh. way off. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I, I got no guesses then. All right. It's, uh, it's Bobby it's Hull. Oh Bobby Hull, yeah. But he did score his first and four hundredth goals against Boston. Hmm. That was close. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, you just want me to give, give you the last two? Yeah, sure. I, okay, I got so, Jeff Carter and I got Bobby something, but so I'm happy. <laughs> so I feel like horrible as like a amateur hockey historian that I don't recognize this name. So please feel free to bash me in the comments. Uh, Steve Larmer uh, scored his first and 400th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And... Uh, this name I do know. I'll preface this. Uh, Doug Gilmore uh, scored his first and his mm. 400th first the Detroit Red Wings. Cool. Um, yeah, 
I, I should have guessed Doug Gilmore. Like, that's, <laughs> that's one I, I probably could have got if not under the pressure of trying to, you know, Figure keep listing yeah. names. Um, but yeah, Steve Larmer, I, I don't know. Um, let's, uh, let's pull up his elite prospects page here. Um, sixth round pick from the 1980 draft. Man, if he scored 400 goals, then that's a steal. Um, <laughs> but I remember sixth round in 1980 was like, or, oh, wait, no. Because there was a hell of a lot less teams. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So does it have the overall? In the 1980 NHL draft? What's that, sorry? Is oh, it 1980? Yeah. Oh, 1980, yeah. So yeah, 120th overall. So yeah, you're right. That's Yeah, which is now like the third fourth round. round. Today. Or third round, round. yeah. Something like that. Uh, so. no, yeah, <laughs> end of the fourth round today. So yeah, it's. A, I mean, still, like, consider considering he would be a fourth round pick today that's still like pretty late and to get a mm-hmm. guy that was has scored 400 NHL goals mm-hmm. um yeah 441 in 1006 games and 1012 points jesus yeah that's a not a player i would have guessed mm-hmm. but, oh fun but. fact the 1980 NHL draft looks to be the first year that the minimum draft age was lowered from 19 to 18 which is what it's currently at. Oh, cool. Uh, but per- but prospective draftees had to be of age by September 15th rather than any dates in the relevant birth year. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at the 1980 draft here. Um, the first overall pick, do you know who the first overall pick was in 1980? Doug Wickenheiser. Are you looking at it? I right have now? enough. Yeah. I, okay. enough I was like, there's now. no way he just fucking knows that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you shit yourself for a second there, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. I was like, there's fucking no way. <laughs> did you even know who that was like before? No, I didn't. I had to click into his thing to see if he was even like related to Haley Wickenheiser. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was curious too. He's they're um, both, they're both they're, from Saskatchewan, though. They're cousins. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, Wickenheiser doesn't seem to be a very popular name. Like, straight up, that yeah. is the second time I've ever heard that name. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, Wickenheiser from Saskatchewan? Like, they have There's to no related. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no matter how distantly. But yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're cousins. That's one thing I like about Elite Prospects is it tells you, like, relations to other Oh, that's uh, where you're looking. Oh, players. that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, other notables. I'm just looking at the first round here. Dennis Savard. Oh, yeah. uh, Paul Coffey. Mm, also a big name. Uh, Brent Sutter. And, uh, oh, would you look at that? Anaheim Ducks assistant coach, Mike Stothers. Nice, yeah. I just saw that as well. 21st yeah, overall uh, to the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. That's uh, just scrolling through the rest here. That's looks like uh, about all the names here. Unless there's some late round steals that I'm scrolling too fast. To uh, you're missing the second round. Am I? 38th overall from the Medicine Hat Tigers, Kelly Rudy. Oh, yeah. No, I did. that name didn't even jump out at me. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're going into the third round here. Uh, yeah, nobody I'm really noticing. Fourth round. Yari Curry. 69th oh, yeah. overall to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. 
I am not good at scanning things, apparently. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the eighth round, and I'm like, I know none of these names that I've seen so far. So I'm just seeing if there's any others that I, that I noticed here. I'm not noticing really anything else now. Yeah. Any notable? Anyways, that's a... That's a little tangent off of Corey Perry scoring <laughs> 400 goals. Somehow made it to the 1980 NHL draft. But. There you go. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got to this point, to be honest with you. Uh, well, we got to the other players that scored their uh, first and 400 against the same teams. And then who's Dave Larmer and then, or Steve Larmer, sorry. And then, um, oh, 1980 draft. Oh, this was the first pick. Oh, who else was in the 1980 draft? And yeah, <laughs> that's how we got there. <laughs> I'm following. Fair. Don't worry. Okay. As long as long as somebody is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Oh, Hakan Lube from uh or for the Calgary Flames was in the ninth round. He was a big part of uh Calgary's early years there. Well, this is a Ducks podcast, so let's let's keep the flames. It is. I'm just I'm just looking. I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm just looking. Uh I saw the name Richter, and I was like, Mike Richter was that low? No, Dave Richter, defenseman to the Minnesota North Stars. Different Richter. Yeah, different Richter. So, yeah, yeah. there you go. Cool. <laughs> I've gone through the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, next piece of news here, Pierre Lebrun uh, says, Hampus Lindholm is the top rental defenseman going into the trade deadline here with interested teams being Boston. Is that supposed to be Florida? Yes. FLO? Okay. Florida, Rangers, you can tell this is not my my find here. <laughs> Boston, Florida, Rangers, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. The the main teams, kind of the top ones in the um, top contenders, I guess, for this year's playoff race is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So in the East, there. So except yeah, except for maybe Boston there, but Boston's kind of always in it until they're not. So that's uh, uh, Austin has sixty six points in fifty two games. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I just know that they're not in the same league as Florida Rangers and Tampa this year. Oh, yeah, no, not quite. But still, a 31-17-4 record as the first wild card spot. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is going on in the East? <laughs> is, wouldn't 66 points be first in the Pacific? Uh, or pretty damn close? It would be second in the Pacific. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not by Not by much, though. No, the Calgary Flames currently sit first in the Pacific Division with 68 points. And, oh, yeah, so a win back, yeah. Yeah, and uh, all four, or all six teams, like top Atlantic, Metro, uh, all have more than uh, the Calgary Flames there. Yeah, the Pacific Division is abysmal this year. It's, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. And um, only one more team has more points than that in the West, and that's the Colorado Avalanche with 82 a 39-10-4 record. What the fuck is in the water in Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. So, uh, do you see Lindholm going somewhere at the deadline? Or do you think the Ducks re-sign him? You could always do a kind of an, like a verbal agreement of like, hey, you can try to go somewhere else, but if you'd like to come back, we'll re-sign, like we'll sign you in the offseason kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a possibility, right? You saw it with Patrick Marlowe, even with uh, with San Jose going to Pittsburgh, and they just resigned him back again. Yeah, um, stuff like that. But I feel like I think it was the end of this week is what I said. Will kind of determine, or the end of next week will kind of determine yeah. where what or what we're going to be doing. Yeah, I said it was the end of next or not the end of next week. 
but the game uh, next Thursday against Nashville, that was kind of the point that I looked at and said, that's going to determine, I think, whether we're pushing or if you're better off to sell. Yeah. With how things are going, I'm unfortunately leading a little bit more toward the sell line. So mm-hmm. try to get what you can for him. It'd be unfortunate if he doesn't want to come back kind of thing. But you can always have that out there, right? Of, hey, like, we'll trade you. You can yeah. go chase a cup. He's not very old, mind you, but... No, no, he's not. Hey, yeah. it's, hey, you can go chase a cup, and then if you'd like to come back, we'll gladly take you. Mm-hmm. So, That's true. Um, I forget how old uh, Lindholm is. Um, I guess I should do... I'm going to do Ducks Cap Friendly, because type in Lindholm, and you get the the much worse Lindholm in Calgary there. So, uh, I mean, Lindholm's 28. He's making five, just north of 5.2 million this year. Like I, I expect him to make about that and, or get about that anywhere else. I don't see why the ducks couldn't resign him. And unless we have a plan to bring in another defenseman, losing Lindholm is a huge hit. <laughs> It is, but that's because why I think, our, that's why second, I think it's, you're you're trying to figure out okay, like are like would you come back to us kind of thing or yeah if if not then if you're looking to sell get a high end prospect or you're looking for a defenseman in return um, yeah something like that so uh, I'm just pulling up the player cards as well from uh, the athletic uh, Dom yeah, decision sure. and Shanda Goldman yeah or Shana Goldman sorry my mm-hmm. bad. Um, um, just to see like what they project him at for uh, for a contract here. Yeah, for sure. Um, just while you're doing that here, Lindholm, if we lost him, our second best left defenseman is... I, I mean, you, you can make the argument for which player would be our second best here, but it's one of Simon Benoit, Brendan Gooley, and Josh Mahura. Those are not the guys yeah, yeah. you want as your that second pairing defenseman. No. Um, like in terms of defensemen overall, it would Cam Fowler number one, obviously. Yeah. And then it's Kevin Shattenkirk, Jamie Drysdale, and Josh Manson, but they're all right D. Like, yes, they could yeah. play one of them could play the left side, but not one of those names stands out as like, okay, I'm comfortable with this being the guy that carries this second pair. Like, no, yes, but- Drysdale's a good defenseman, but he's still so young. Yes, Shattenkirk yeah. is he he's been pretty solid this season, but he's getting up there in age and his play is slowly declining over the years. And Josh Manson um, just doesn't strike me as the guy to lead a second pairing. Yeah. Great See, the, great complimentary player in the top four, mm-hmm. but not like this is the guy you rely on here. See, and I'm kind of looking at this as going into the season. Yeah, no, everybody, including us, expect the Ducks to be like bottom five, bottom ten at least in yeah. the NHL. Not, you know, trying to fight for a playoff spot. I don't want to think that they're not going to make it, but it's kind of looking like the reality, unfortunately, here. Mm-hmm. But with that, it shows that, you know what, this team isn't quite ready yet. That's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. yeah if, exactly. if you look and that's your uh, that's your left side or right side, sorry, I forget which side you said there. Left side, um, yeah. Left side, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay because you know that you have time to improve that. The expectation oh, yeah, exactly. isn't quite there yet to be making a deep push or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the athletic here has his market value for Lindholm being at 3.2 million. Okay. So he's going to be overpaid, I think, no matter what coming up. But 
yeah, at five, that's not horrible. Even if it gets bumped up to six, that yeah, it sucks in terms of like you know the market value and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. if you were to want to bring him back and keep him around, it's not that's not horrible. So yeah, yeah, I would I would love to keep Lindholm around. It, it obviously depends on the return that we get yeah. for him, but it's uh yeah, it, it it just leaves such a hole in the roster that unless we had a plan. In, in place, either getting a defenseman back in the same trade or another trade lined up um, for her the rest of this season and next season, um, I, I wouldn't want to give Lindholm up. So because yeah, we have we have defensemen in the wings here. Um, Jacob Larson, twenty four, um, he's a left defenseman. Cody Curran, um, he's thirty two, but like guys that can fill in and in depth roles. Olin Zellweger is the big name that stands out. He's he's only 18 years old. He's not going to be jumping into the NHL anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But we don't need a guy that is, say, 21 years old and and is just entering his prime because we have Olin Zellweger that'll be here in a few years. We need a guy that's honestly like when we brought in Kevin but, Shattenkirk. Yeah, it's we need that guy that's yeah. like he he can just play for three four years in a left defenseman role before we before Zellweger takes over that position. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I view that spot. Yeah, and no, I, I think that, wrong. and I think that could be Lindholm. Honestly, like yeah. he's probably going to want more than just three years at five million. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that that's it's an option, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else you want to say about Lindholm here, or uh, not about Lindholm? Do you? There's a one more point there, though. Yeah. Um, so the majority of teams are also interested in Ricard Raquel. And I mean, why wouldn't you be? Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh sounds like the big team here. And again, if you're Pittsburgh, why wouldn't you be, right? Yeah. That's uh, they, they always seem to bring in that, I don't want to say depth forward, but like middle six forward. Because yeah, that just if you're going to Pittsburgh as a forward, you're going to be middle six. That's just yeah. how it is. And yeah, you're right. Just lights up. Like Jeff Carter was the one. Was he last year at the trade deadline? Yeah. Yeah. Huge for them. Absolutely, absolutely huge. huge yeah. um, and if uh, if Ricard Raquel is that guy for them, then <laughs> look out for Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that that would be kind of deadly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and part part of me was thinking for a second, and then they just weasel in. Yeah, and what about John Gibson here? But uh, I don't see that happening unless. Now this is where I'm going to get Pittsburgh fans up in the in the comments again. Uh, Unless the return is Tristan Jari on that, you're not getting John Gibson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, even if you're Pat Verbeek, though, you're not doing Gibson for Jari. No. Like one for one. That's that's not happening. I don't think, anyways. Uh, we got a comment here on our uh, video because la- on our last episode, we talked about what to do with Ricard Raquel, um, and I made that a YouTube clip. And we got a comment from Lauren on YouTube here um, in brackets, UCLA girl 623 says, we must bring him back and sign him to an extension. Raquel is not someone we should let walk. However, if we do resign Raquel, which I hope we do, then hopefully Pat Verbeek doesn't repeat the mistakes Bob Murray made when he overpaid players and gave underperforming players big contracts. First of all, props to calling out Bob Murray on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there wasn't a word of a lie there. <laughs> no, 100% truth. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. 100% with uh, UCLA girls 623 here, Lauren. 
we I think we should bring back Raquel. Why wouldn't you? He fits into this roster. He provides middle six scoring. He's mm-hmm. generally pretty consistent. He's had a, a rough patch this year, but generally pretty consistent in terms of putting up points. Power play guy. I, I don't know if he, I don't think he plays on a penalty kill. Just Could be wrong on that though. Again. Yeah, but I would have a if we. It's the same thing as Lindholm here. Like if we trade Raquel. We have to have a plan for who's going to fill in that spot because it leaves an, a very, very obvious hole on our roster. It, trading Raquel is not coming from a position of surplus for us. Raquel is currently playing on the first power play unit with Getzlaff, Milano, Drysdale, and Zegris. Um, he's not on the penalty kill, though. Okay. I, I didn't think so, but yeah. I wasn't sure. So, so yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about Raquel potentially leaving? I mean, obviously, I don't want it either. He's kind of picked up his game again lately. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of who's even potentially available in the free in the like free agency market that might be able to fill that. He yeah. might like for for a team like us. He might take a hometown discount, but his name's been in the rumor mill for literally a couple of years at this point. I yeah. kind of wonder if that maybe gets him. He just goes, you know what? I want some security maybe elsewhere. Yeah, potentially. So, like, it, it's not like he's been like Matt Duchesne, like top yeah. guy to get in, in a trade, but it's been thrown around. And I have no idea if there's an, if it's just rumors or if there's any legitimacy. Like, Pat mm-hmm. Rubik has actually called and been like, what would you give us for Raquel? Yeah. I, think. I um, remember under Murray, though, they were talking about like a first round and a the high-end prospect for him and which is reasonable i think and but i'm also looking at that from raquel's i'm also looking at raquel's perspective from that of like okay that's the value in terms of personnel maybe for me so what would that equate to for a dollar amount could i get that elsewhere instead that yeah that's true so um looking at wingers here um, in, that are going to be free agents in the upcoming season. Um, I'll list off a couple forwards as well, but um, Claude Giroux, I think, is one of the big ones. Well, I mean, the biggest one is Evgeny Malkin, but that's <laughs> totally that's different. That's not happening. <laughs> a, a different league. Claude Giroux, I think, could kind of fill that middle six forward role, even though he's not a winger. Um, yeah. Phil Kessel, I think, is the uh, maybe best winger option for that. But again, he's more top. I mean, Raquel's top six, middle six. Kessel's top six, middle six. I don't Phil know. Kessel but is I've, being offered around at 50% retention for a third-round pick currently. Yeah. That's the asking price. Mm-hmm. And Arizona's willing to eat half of his cap, which is already eaten as well by Toronto. Yeah. Um, and I believe eaten by Pittsburgh as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. I got to... Sorry, I'm double-checking that now. Yeah. This, is, this list is sorted by cap hit, so that's why I'm... <laughs> not saying some of the bigger names first, but yeah, maybe some some better direct comparables. Um, actually, this uh, I'll save that one for now. Alexander Radulov, I think that's a good comparable for him. Yeah, he's he's had a bit of a rough season, sixteen points in forty five games. Um, I feel like Raquel's around that as well. He had a he's also kind of had a rough season, so yeah, I don't know. Um. Radulov's also 36, though, so 
Mm-hmm. Kind of different. Um, who else we got here? Nino Niederreiter, right oh, yeah. wing, twenty almost 30 years old, 28 points, 45 games. Max Domi, 24 points this season, 27 years old. Those guys seem like middle six comparables. I wouldn't hate Max Domi. He, yeah, not at all. He's the type of guy that I think could work in Anaheim mm-hmm. pretty well, actually. Which, okay. not to say he's you know the big tough guy like uh, like his dad, but he can definitely throw it if he has to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could you could replace some of the scoring of Raquel, plus potentially even the oh you had to find a balance of that potentially even the toughness of Nick Delorier though just with mm-hmm. with uh, Max Domi. Yeah, it's hard though because you're not going to yeah. put Max Domi on your fourth line. He's going to be second. No, he's going to be second or third. third. Yeah, yeah. So you still need like the the tough bottom six guy. So yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're going with that, and it, I, it the thought crossed my mind as yeah. well, but um, it's not quite there. So um, the other free agent winger um, who is I, I'm not trying to compare him to Raquel at all, but is an option and would create depth in the roster pushing say, other guys uh, down into Raquel's spot, maybe, uh, is Johnny Goudreau, 29, almost 29 years old, 65 points in 51 games. So, we're like I said, we're totally different league here. <laughs> he would obviously be top six without a doubt. Yeah. But then that pushes, say, like, Silverberg down into Raquel's spot. Or, um, I mean, or even Troy already, Terry. like, been third He's already most down, of the yeah. year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really do a whole lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of our wingers. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not saying we're in on Johnny Goudreau, and I don't think that's even something we're considering, considering we have to try, sign Drysdale, Zegras, and Terry yeah. in the very near future. But for the sake of being diligent here. Yeah, I guess Raquel is second line, so... Yeah, I mean, it definitely fills the top six hole, and it's an improvement on Raquel. Like that's a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> but that yeah. I don't see it happening though. No, unfortunately. And isn't Goudreau left wing? Raquel was right. Uh, I should know this. Yeah, I believe he's left winger. Um, because he's a left hand shot. Yeah. yeah, left winger. So really, it creates more depth on our left hand side. It. I mean. Yeah, pushes Milano and Henrique down, I guess. Yeah. Our top six would be, or our top right wings would be Terry and Silverberg. <laughs> Excuse me, but I honestly wouldn't hate, let's say, <laughs> um, Goudreau gets laugh, Terry, um, <laughs> Milano, Zegris, Silverberg, and then third line of Henrique, Lundestrom. Insert whoever you want there, like it, it's good, but it's th- there's there's the cap to deal. Yeah, with. So, cap is a thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So I don't know. But. Or you put Henrique in Getzlaff's spot if Getzlaff retires. Either way, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. We're getting a little off track here. There, there's there's not a ton of free agents that would directly replace Raquel. No, that is what I was trying to get at there. I think this team took a to kind of wrap it all up. This team took a major leap forward this year, but there's still work to be done. Yeah, 
like I I wouldn't like hold your breath just yet. So mm-hmm. we we yeah, still got some sure. work to do here. Pat for being still has some work to do. Yeah, but I trust the guy who learned under Steve UI CVY. So yeah, so whatever he does, oh no, not whatever he does. <laughs> I, I have tr- I have faith that he'll he'll make good moves if yeah if it comes to that at the deadline, whether yeah. it's buying or selling. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. I think in the next week i think that'll kind of determine sellers mm-hmm. or buyers and then it's looking like sellers to me but yeah yeah i, I don't know if you have a different viewpoint on that if you think we can no i agree i okay. i have nothing else to add here so we um, need another streak like we had in what was that november to like get us back into a spot mm-hmm. so yeah yeah exactly um okay let's take another little break here and then on the other side we'll wrap up with upcoming games and what's quacking just very briefly here He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the Brothers of Discussion, hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. We are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. Okay, upcoming games. We're recording this before the Islanders on um, on Sunday, so... Yeah, we should have prefaced that. That's why we aren't talking about the Islanders. Yeah, game. Yes, Let's hope exactly. it's a win, for God's sake. If we lose against the Islanders, I'm just calling the season, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I know we talked about how the Canadians just recently beat the Islanders. I totally forgot that they had the new coach bump with Martin St. Louis. Martin St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, so that explains a lot. Um, but still, we, we, we still should beat the Islanders. That The Montreal Canadiens are on a five-game win streak right now. Yeah, exactly. So... Martin St. Louis. Also, Cole Caulfield, like, fucking finally figured it out, hey? You're right. I mean, it does help when uh, you're playing for the player that you grew up idolizing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's he's putting on a little bit of a show, though. But this is the this is the Caulfield that everybody expected this year. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, good it's wild. And as, and as somebody who drafted Caulfield and uh, put money on him to win the Calder, like, you couldn't have figured this out. 40 fucking ago. games ago? <laughs> 50 <laughs> games ago? Like, come on, man. <sighs> oh. I'm just glad I also put money on Zegers because that's that's still looking good. But still looking all right. Not not here to talk about that. Um so I, I don't know if you even want to say anything about the Islanders game since it'll be old news by the time this comes out. But yeah, I got and we've kind of already talked about it. about it before. But um, yeah. you'll hear us talk about it on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh and then Tuesday. The Ducks are playing Boston at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Is this where, since since Lindholm and Boston are tied together, does Lindholm um, pack heavily? Or I guess, yeah, does he pack heavily to go to the rink on uh, uh, on Tuesday and because he's got a, a flight after the game, maybe back to Boston <laughs> or wherever Boston's going after? Yeah, or, or do you think it's I... a little too soon for that? Uh, I I don't really know. We are gonna have Boston on the on the second half of a back to back for them. They are playing the Kings the night before. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm not really sure how this one. I I don't feel confident about this one, honestly. The Bruins mm-hmm. are currently uh, on a four game win streak. They're six three and one in their last ten. Um, they are the only team though in the top ten of the league to not be in double digits for a goal differential though. Okay, so that that gives some hope. I mean, yeah. they're. On the, ro- on the road, they're on the road. They're sixteen, ten, and two. Okay, that's nope, not sorry. As great I was, sorry, I was reading the wrong line there. Uh, oh, okay. Fifteen, seven, and three. It's still not. So, okay, still it's not what you want to see, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they they've lost a lot on the back end in the recent in recent years, goaltending wise, defense wise. Yeah. They're, they're still, it, it's still fine, but um, the big issue is their forwards and the perfection line. Obviously, yeah. and with how our defense and goaltending has been playing, it, not sure. It, it scares me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't trust that our offense is going to be able to outscore the Bruins' offense no. in this game. So, it might be in for a rough game. <laughs> like I, I, I said, it's next week will kind of determine it. I think it might be this week because it's the Islanders, Boston, and then Vegas on Friday. <laughs> this That's this tough. might this might be the week, people. Yeah. So. Do you have a score prediction for Bruins game here? I don't even want to try. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even okay. want to try. <laughs> I'm going. I've seen, I've seen everything with this out of high Ducks team. Yeah. I don't know what to expect anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going five two. All right, sounds good. Yeah. You can put money That's on a... that too. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, and I'm not saying a winner or a loser because it's either going to be five two win or five two loss. Fair enough. <laughs> that's like, like you said yeah. like you said you don't know what way it's gonna go but it's so gonna those go are the only two way. options yeah <laughs> okay we've got a i know we're running a little long here but what's quacking it i think it's pretty brief i don't know yeah, I, I, I have no idea what it is but there's only one thing brief. on the list here so um so let's get to that so one of my favorite stand-up comedians is a guy that goes but uh that's named brad williams Um, You can find, I think he has Netflix specials and stuff like that. Uh, And this is a clip that I found of one of his, uh, one of his standup acts Uh, to preface this. If you're just listening to the audio, he he does say this in there as well, but he is a, a a dwarf, a little person. Um, So that's where a lot of his comedy and his stories come from. Uh, He has a great one as well of, um, I think it was, it was he and his girlfriend in Las Vegas that you should definitely go check out. That one is fucking amazing to be honest with you. Um, so this is uh, Brad talking about um, just little people making things more fun. The thing though, I love being a little person because I bring so much happiness to people. Like you just see a dwarf and you're happy. It doesn't matter. We, we, we bring happiness to all sorts of circumstances. Dwarves are like human bacon. Okay. <laughs> We make everything better, no matter what the situation. The situation's boring. We make that better, too. Yeah, boring things. Grocery shopping. Nothing entertaining about grocery shopping. You guys do it. I do it. There's nothing fun about grocery shopping. But I buy one box of Lucky Charms. Holy shit! (laughs) 
And if you're not laughing, you're not picturing this in your head right now. Could you imagine being at a grocery store? You look down an aisle, and I'm just walking down with my box of Lucky Charms. If you saw that, you'd be like, fuck it. I'm buying a lottery ticket. This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I love Brad Williams. He is so funny. Definitely go, uh, definitely go check him out. So, yeah, by far one of my uh, like top five comedians to 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 watch. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but seriously, imagine that you you look down the grocery aisle and there's a little person carrying a box of Lucky Charms. I agree with him. I go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd, that'd be one of probably one of the greatest days of my life so yeah. far. That'd yeah. be that'd be incredible. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's good. Just uh, for, this was a pretty negative podcast talking about the Kings game. Yeah, talking about well, I did on a positive couple players. Well, yeah, people well, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. There was oh man, I rem- I got to make sure this is the title of the show. But there was this one show that it was like a reality TV show. Um. Yeah, okay, here it is. Yeah, Little People, Big World. Yeah. You remember that show? Uh, yeah, the, I've, I've never watched it, but I, I yeah. do remember it, yeah. That was always interesting to me as a kid. My mom watched it, and then I, I'd just be on the couch with her watching it too. Like, I was like nine when this show started. Oh, my God, there was 22 seasons of this show? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, wow. Like, is, is, it, it, is it still going? It has to be. I'm just checking here. Uh, the 21st season premiered on September 29th, 2020. So if they're on 22, it would have probably premiered yeah. September 2021, which means, yeah, it's, it would still the, be going. The last episode, the last episode that aired was August 10th of 2021. Okay. Um, But I... I don't know. It it says it's still running here. It says March fourth, yeah. two thousand six to present. Nice. Well, I guess Nate's getting a subscription to wherever you can watch <laughs> Little People Big World. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thanks. You're good. <laughs> There's just some shows that you see like how long they've ran or that sort of thing. Like like there was a commercial uh yesterday I saw for Survivor. I was like, that show's still going, it's not just reruns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with Disney Plus too. Like when I go on there and it's like new episode of The Simpsons and it's like season I don't even know what they're on. It's like, oh yeah, but it's the, like the season Simpsons, thirty-four. And I'm like, yeah, The Simpsons the is the fuck? longest running TV show I believe in history. Yeah, it still just blows my mind though that like it, it's in the thirties for seasons. It's, yeah, and it, like you actually see that and it's still going on. And it's like I can't actually like comprehend how much TV that is. The first episode of The Simpsons was released in 1989, December yeah. 17th of 1989. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's one of those shows I want to watch too, but it's like, do I want to commit to 34 seasons? Like, you don't have to. Honestly, I would say for The yeah. Simpsons, you're solid with like the first 10 seasons. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. main bulk of the good stuff, I would say. Yeah. I've... As somebody who did watch The Simpsons and stuff like that and like goes back to those episodes, I feel like after it, it feels like the, the Simpsons movie was kind of the last hurrah. Yeah. And after that, it's been 
just kind of not for the sake of continuing it. There's still like, you know, bright spots here and there, but it's not quite the same anymore. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know. I still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, man. Yeah, the Simpsons movie like brought back like all the original writers and everything like that too. So like mm-hmm. that that's why that movie was like peak Simpsons. Yeah. Because it was everybody that made the Simpsons what it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that was a good movie. That's yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but yeah, it was it was good. Love the opening uh, scene of that movie where it's like they go to watch uh the itchy and scratchy movie and like Homer just mm-hmm. starts talking of like, why did we pay money to come to a theater to see something we can just watch on television for free? Everybody here is an idiot, es- like especially you, and then he like points through like at the camera kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the opening for the movie starts. <laughs> Just perfect. So, yeah, and good. then, yeah, what happens? Yeah, Green Day dies on a barge. That's, uh, that's like the, the lake is eating their barge. Uh, there's an American idiot's funeral rendition right after that in the church. <laughs> and there's the, there's the one line that I, that I just like constantly say, cause I'm not really a religious person. Uh, cause the, like the Simpsons, I remember get to church late that day. And they're like, kind of like trying to apologize or like Homer's apologizing. Like, and he goes through and just pray for Jeebus. <laughs> and so like, you've heard me say that before. That's yeah, where yeah. that comes from is, yeah. is that scene. So, but yeah. Gotcha. Well, you remember There's way so more of that movie, movie than, yeah. than I do. Yeah. To be fair, it's been a long time since I've watched it. It's been a long time since I've seen it too. Yeah. Like that first, like I'd say like half hour is kind of what I remember the most yeah. of. So, mm-hmm. um, that's fair. You got yeah, Grandpa Simpson screaming, Epa! Epa! There, there you go. I got it the second time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. So all right. Well, if uh if someone wanted to continue the Simpsons conversation with you, where could they do that at? They can do that with me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Yeah, and if you've got trade proposals for uh, Lindholm or Raquel or any other Ducks, I know Marcus is huge into that, so if you're listening, um, well, he knows where to send them. But for everyone else, you can send it at Quack Report Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We're also on YouTube where um, you can comment things and we'll read them and respond to them as well. Myself at Carter underscore Pods, P-O-T-P-S underscore 97. See you guys next time.